That's him. Praise the Lord. Uh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Uh, I give honor to my pastor, my first lady, the ministry, my brothers and sisters in the Lord. Let's get into the word. Amen. Amen. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 11 through 13. If you don't mind, I'm going to do two scriptures and then we'll get into the lesson. First is Isaiah chapter 14, verse 11 through 13. And the scripture reads, thy pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy voils, the worm is spread unto, under thee, and the worms cover thee. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation and the sides of the north. The second scripture is, become, is going to come from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. And the Bible says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinence, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such... Turn away. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I like to preach this message, the snare of the selfie. The snare of the selfie. According to Webster, Marion Webster, a selfie is an image of oneself taken by oneself using a digital camera, especially for posting on social networks. A selfie is a self-portrait photograph typically taken with a smartphone, which may be held in the hand or supported by a selfie stick. Selfies are often shared on social networking services such as Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. They are for the vanity, usually, usually flattering, and made to appear casual. The snare of the selfie. I want you to know in the first scripture that we read, the reason why Satan found himself in a devil's hell is because he got caught up checking himself out. He was so high on himself that he wanted to make himself above God. And because he got it in his mind and in his heart that he was good looking and that he was better than God and that he wanted people to follow him, that God had to put him in his place. Now when we get in the book of Second Timothy, we find that in the last days, perilous times are going to come. And it talks about people being lovers of themselves. How many of you got one of these? And how many of you got pictures of yourself on those phones? 
I'm proud to say that this is my old phone because I lost my new phone while I was having lunch with my wife and I threw it away like a dummy. But I've got my old phone and my old phone I've had for a while. And I can honestly tell you there's not one picture of me that I took of me. Amen. Because in the last days, perilous times going to come because why? Men are more focused on themselves than they are focused on God. And every time I'm looking at myself and I'm checking out myself, I'm not checking out God. And God told me not to be a lover of my own flesh. That's the problem with man. Man has gotten caught up with, caught up with himself that he's forgotten God. Now, I want you to know that the best thing to take a selfie with is not this, but this. Because every time I look in this, there should be a reflection of me in it. Because if I'm trying to be more like God, if I'm working on myself to be a reflection or a selfie of the image of the God that I serve. When was the last time you took a picture with this? So I'm going to take one more snap with this one. Let me see how I look. (laughs) Amen. And so we have this description of Satan being cast out of heaven. The problem with Satan is that he assumed his position in heaven. He assumed that he was going to achieve this miraculous level of uh, deity. He was going to assume this miraculous level of being above God. And as Elder Philip said, he was all about self. Look at what I've achieved. Look at what it's going to be. But he forgot it was God that spoke him into existence. It was God that formed him. It even said in the Old Testament that uh, Lucifer was beautiful and he was covered in sapphire and jasper and various jewels. And his sole responsibility, which he forgot, Elder, was to reflect the glory of God. Satan by himself was not a light. God was the light. And Satan was the disco ball. But the disco ball thought he can be the light. And that's the problem with humanity is that we assume too much of ourselves. Satan said that I'm going to be equal with God. I'm going to have my own throne. I'm going to have my own armies. And God told the disco ball where he stood in the ranks of God. And there's times that God does that to us. When we begin to act like the disco ball and look at how good my Jasper looks, uh, God has to cast us out of our high place. Where God is the light, moving at 186,000 miles a second. And it says that in the last days, it's going to be perilous times. And men will become the lovers of pleasure instead of the lovers of God. It said that they are going to have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. That means that human beings are assuming they're okay with God. Assumption is going to get you in trouble. Assuming you are at a certain place with God without taking that selfie with the word of God is going to get you in trouble. Man, I'm going to walk on streets of gold. Are you sure about that? The Bible says that I have to die daily, that I have to repent daily. I've got to self-reflect daily, and I've got to be Christ-like daily. But if I don't do these things, I become the disco ball. Look how I shine. Look at how everybody loves to dance under the disco ball when God is the light. 
And going through what we were talking about, incontinent comes from that old English word meaning that tossed to and fro without conviction, without stabilization, without consistency. That means they're just moving with waves of doctrine. And unfortunately, we live in a time that is pluralistic where it doesn't matter if you're a Mormon or Presbyterian. doesn't matter if you're a Wiccan, a Satanist, a witch. Uh, you're all going to go to a heaven of some sort. But we know that the Word of God is our selfie stick. And the Word of God is what's Snapchats uh, and destroys our assumption. And the problem is is that if we do not ground ourselves in the word of God, we begin to assume we're okay. We become incontinent, blowing with the winds of doctrine. Be careful not to become the disco ball. I need to be the mirror of God. I have to understand where that source comes from. We cannot assume. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, it is application time. Hallelujah. We wouldn't have uh, a conclusion to the sermon if there isn't an application part. And we've been getting that throughout the message. One of the things that I kept thinking about and hearing in my spirit through the other ministers is that there's just one ingredient that's missing from us today. And it's interesting that this word was to the church. In 2 Timothy, it was to Pastor Timothy. It wasn't to the world. He was warning him, warning the pastor that in the last days, 2020, in the last days that men would be heady and high-minded, but the ingredient that he never mentioned is that they would be humble. He never said that they would be humble. And that's what's missing from the body of Christ today is that we don't have humility. That is the difference with the selfie because the apostle Paul said, if you want to talk about selfie, he said, when it's time to take communion, so let a man examine himself. He said, yeah, you need to take a look at yourself, but with a heart filled with humility, with a heart filled with brokenness, with a heart filled with Lord change me. Didn't David say, search me oh God hallelujah and know my heart try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting God is looking for humility God is looking for we want to you know there's no shortage of people wanting to do great things for God there's no shortage of people wanting to have the spotlight the disco ball but there is a shortage of humility in the body of Christ hallelujah there's a shortage of humility in our hearts and in our lives we've got to become broken before God nobody wants to be broken nobody wants to just humble themselves down and say Lord I'm nothing without you I'm nothing without you. My education is nothing without you. Anything that I possess is nothing without you. God, if I don't have you, I don't have anything. Hallelujah. Lord, help me to examine myself uh, according to the word uh, and examine. And, you know, kids don't like that word because they think test. Well, let's talk about that test. There's no other way to know what you know without a test. There's no other way to assess how much you've learned than a test. So it is in the spirit. You've got to say, Lord, okay, I know I've got to go through this test. Help me to learn and exercise and demonstrate my mastery. Hallelujah. I've got to get where you're trying to get me to go, uh, but I'm only going to get there with humility. I'm only going to reach that place, that mark that God has said, if I bring myself down and I humble myself so that I'm, I'm, I'm not the disco ball. Hallelujah. I just want the light of God to shine in my heart uh, so that I can be what God would have me to be in Jesus name. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I enjoyed that. Amen. I'm looking for a particular scripture. The Lord, the Lord put that, I may have to just quote it, but the Lord put something here. Let me see if I can find it real quick. The Lord put something in my heart. I enjoy when we do the round robin because it comes together. The Lord brings it. The Lord moves upon the speakers and brings it all together. And so we're talking about lovers of own self. It's very evident, isn't it, that that's the era in which we live. And so there's only one cause of that. Only one reason that you love yourself more than God or anyone else. Only one reason. One reason. It's called pride. And the Bible says here in Proverbs 16, 18, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. Pride is the biggest problem you and I have to put under us and realize that if we're going to make heaven, we can't have that in us. You don't know how many preachers that we've heard say it's not about me. But then they get upset if they don't preach in a while. If they don't get elected to an office, they resign. They throw their card in. But it's not about them. Well, evidently it was. Same thing applies to the local church. Things happen in life. Things are going to hurt you. Things are going to go against you. Things are going to be said you're not going to like. But the Bible is very, very clear that if you love His Word, nothing shall offend you. The only person that allows myself to get offended is me. And it's because I'm a lover of own self. The devil got offended because of pride. You read in the book, it was because of pride. He got lifted up in pride. He was beautiful. He did have all of those rubies and em, you know emeralds. He, man, he was something to look at. But he forgot, as we heard so well he put, he was just the disco ball. I'm not even that. I'm a mud ball. That's all I am. Lucifer wasn't made from the dust of the ground. I was. We don't know how they were made, but they were made. And let me tell you something. I don't care what people put on that glimmers. Hear me. What glimmers when the sun isn't shining and there's no light, there's no glimmer. And it's amazing to me that even the water, when the sun hits it, will shine like diamonds. Who needs to put glitter all over me or wear anything to get anybody's attention? All I need is a living water. And when the sun shines, I am, whoa, my Lord of heaven, I'm going to shine forth 
The Bible says I'm going to be his jewels when he makes up his crown. The only reason, now I'm getting really pastoral, but that's what I do. The only reason people, when they come to God and they get to Holy Ghost and and they get baptized, and let's say after a while they begin to learn. I'm not talking about, you know, right away. They get to learn. They get to, to knowing what God expects. And when they say, well, I'm not going to shave this off. I'm not going to take all of this glimmer off. It's because they're a lover of their self. Okay. Amen. There are things that God uses to see whether or not you really love Him. Abraham, it was his son. You go through, you'll find this and you'll find that where God begins to say, do you really? Peter, it was, feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? Feed my sheep. We need less of self and more of God. I need less of self. Self hadn't got me nowhere. (laughs) But God has taken me all over the world. God helped me preach when I don't know where it came from. You just don't understand that, I guess. I could be up here preaching. God drops thoughts. It's like He's speaking to me. It's like He's writing right then and I'm talking. If anybody wants to be used of the Lord in any special capacity, you first must humble yourself. Or the Bible says, abase yourself that you might be lifted up. And this is a very good thought of living for the Lord tonight. It was brought by the word and through God's servants and it touched me because I'm going to tell you right now I have learned can I tell you this real quick true story I like true stories and this is you know I know it's true because I was there when I first started to feel the call to preach. Man, I wanted to preach so bad. Man, I, man, I wanted to preach so bad. And, and my pastor just, you know, he wouldn't let me preach there. He didn't let anybody preach. The older I got, I got to preach once a year if I was fortunate. And glad to do so. I didn't think about going somewhere else so I could go preach. I didn't think, well, what's wrong with the pastor? Doesn't he see I got this ministry? Now, there's nothing wrong, with, uh, uh, nothing wrong with preaching other people in the church. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that taught me patience. That taught me to prefer my pastor above myself. And so, I just wanted to, I just, uh, so I was praying and praying, and, and, and the Lord spoke to me about a little town, I think it was in Mississippi. And so I went to my pastor, I said, God, God's been dealing with me about this town in Mississippi, can I call the pastor there and and see if he'll let me come. And he said, sure, sure, sure. And so I called him. And he called my pastor. 
Next thing I know, I was going to a small town in Mississippi. My brother happened to be with me. And we got there. And it was a church of about, I guess, 35 people. Nothing wrong with that. Service began, and my brother, we were a lot younger, okay, in our 20s, you know. We were running all over that church. They didn't move a muscle. We were running, jumping, shouting. Woo! We were having such a good time because that's just the church, how we came out. That's how we were raised. And so the pastor got up here, and he just poured his heart out. You could tell he was... He was really hurting. He was pouring his heart. He was, he was really trying to reach the people. He was really trying to, to, to touch them and to get them to understand. Do you know not one person responded but me and my brother? Man, we were, amen, come on. And so, I mean, he preached 45 minutes. He said, I guess you want to preach now. I was so young, I didn't know no better. I should have said, no, sir, if they're not going to respond to you, they're not going to respond to me. But, you know, I was young and everything. Yeah, I want to preach. So I started preaching. Nothing. And so he put us up, real nice fella, he put us up in a travel trailer, a little old small travel trailer, me and my brother, Right behind his house. So we went back there for the night, you know, and I'm laying there feeling sorry for myself because of. You didn't hear me. Because of. You see, when you feel sorry for yourself, it's because of. And you know what the Lord's, I'll never forget it. You know what the Lord spoke to me? The Lord speaks to me sometimes I never forget. You know what he said? You want to know what he said? Kind of like the Apostle Paul when Paul was trying to get the thorn away from him. He said to me, he said it loud and clear. He said, so you want to be a preacher, huh? (laughs) Lots of different personalities in the church, so don't take this as directed to every single person. Because I don't want you to be hurt. But a reason a lot of people in the apostolic world don't respond to preaching anymore, because they got something against the preacher. And it's all because of pride. Well, I just don't like the way he preaches too long. The more you get involved, the shorter it is. You ever had your feelings hurt? Don't you lie to me. (laughs) See, he said, I hurt his feelings. He told me I never could do that. I knew when he said that, it's just a matter of time. When I get my feelings hurt, why do I get my feelings hurt? Because I'm just an emotional crybaby? No. It's because of pride. Because I care too much for myself. That doesn't mean you go around just saying, hurt me, hurt me, hurt me. But the point is, I need to think less of my own feelings 
and more of what God thinks about me and how others feel what's going on in their life what's then going on in my life. I don't know how this is going. They preach real fire and everything and I'm just here teaching and following up. I'm just trying to help you. I know what I'm talking about. I've lived 64 years and believe me, I've had my feelings hurt a couple of times. But I've also learned that there's times that I didn't let somebody hurt my feelings. So what's the difference? You say, well, it's because I, I really love that person. Now, you know, people that you don't even care about hurt your feelings. And I'm not saying your feelings aren't important. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that. I'm glad. I may have disappointed God, but I don't think I've ever hurt his feelings. Come on now. If he could be on the cross and say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I didn't say I didn't disappoint him. People can disappoint you. Don't let it go any further than that. The preaching may sting. But you ought to be thanking God it does. Hey, pastor, you're getting too close. You better thank God that I'm getting close. Pride, 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 haughty spirit cometh fall. I'm going to close with this last true story. God lived it. It's amazing when you get a little older, you got all these personal things that you can share. I remember a time where... I had to put it in a bathroom in a basement. Man, I'd never done anything like that before. I, I, what? I mean, I'm not a plumber. I hate plumbing. So I'm getting it all together, and I'm getting it all there. I got the bathtub in. I got the water thing in. And I'm putting the trim around. I got one more nail. And I'm feeling good about myself. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. I just got one more nail. Hey, I'm a plumber. Boom. Guess what happened? Hit the water line. That's what happens to all of us when we start thinking too highly of ourselves. The Lord bless you tonight. The Lord keep you and shine on you. The Lord keep you this week. We will see you Sunday. Woo! You're dismissed.